Welcome back. This is Jim Cimbala, Senior Pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle. We are going to continue my new series, The Calling, a podcast for Christian leaders. Let's investigate together the missing link. The missing link. Sounds so mysterious, doesn't it? The missing link. Oh, it's about ministry. This series is called The Calling, Simple Truth About Ministry. Did you know that there can be a missing link in our ministry? We can mean well, want to do it right, but because we don't understand the ways of God that he wants us to follow in ministry, we can have the missing link. It holds us back. We miss out on fruit we could have had. The name of the Lord is not as glorified as it should be, all because of the missing link. What's the missing link? Well, let's focus on the Apostle Paul because God has given us the Apostle Paul and his life and ministry as a model. Jesus is our ultimate model, but for ministry, he did not preach the full gospel when he was there on earth because he hadn't died yet and he hadn't shed his blood and he hadn't resurrected yet. Then when he sends the disciples out, he says, go and preach the gospel. And now Paul is given as an example, starting in Acts 13 when he's at the church in Antioch and through the rest of the New Testament. Our eyes are a lot on Paul. So what was his secret? How did he go into Thessalonica and spend maybe just two or three months? Some commentators believe less. How did he do that with no money, no funding, no buildings, and no New Testaments to hand out? And how did he leave a church? No, how did he do that? We're complaining about no prayer in schools and there's a lot of forces against us and demonic powers. I mean, Paul was like, let's get this on. Let me do this for Jesus. So he preached the gospel. That was the tool, of course, that he had. He preached the gospel. I'm gonna talk about that in another episode where he calls it our gospel. Number two, we've learned he depended on the Holy Spirit. He had no written out formula, but he was constantly looking for the Holy Spirit's leading and depending on the Holy Spirit's power when he got up to speak. But even if we believe in the power of the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit, did you know there's another link here that we need? Oh, I remember the day in a hotel in London when God opened these verses to me, I felt in 1 Thessalonians, and I sat on the floor of that hotel room and wept, seemed like for hours, when I saw the missing link in my life, the missing connection, the umbilical cord with people that was not present in my life. So he's writing to the church in Thessalonica and he says to them, while we were with you, we were like younger children among you, just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We work night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preach the gospel to you. I mean, are you kidding me? The picture he gives us is of a mother taking down her dress. When I was with you, I was like a mother nursing her baby. The mother takes down her dress, brings the baby to her breast. That's how tender. That's the kind of love and gentleness. Not, oh, the people are a pain in the neck. No, I was like a mother. For I was determined to give you not just the gospel, but my own life. I go down for you, you know, like a mother would sacrifice her life for a baby. 
As I was reading this passage in London, that's not how I looked at sermons in the congregation. My main thing was just let me get through without just becoming ridiculous. Oh, how I got convicted. You remember how he said we work night and day not to be a burden to you. The way the ministry has become now is give me my honorarium and I'm out of here. I have no time for the people or praying or loving them or going out to eat with them. Hey, pal, I'm on to my next spot. Just show me the money. No, Paul says, I work not to be a burden to you. Oh, do we not need that kind of baptism of love? But let me go further. Paul says, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time, this is later on in chapter 2, 1 Thessalonians, in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. What are they, dating? Is this like, are they dating? They're going to get engaged? Intense longing to see you. For we wanted to come to you, certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan blocked our way. That's a mysterious little phrase, isn't it? For what is our hope? What is our joy or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. When we're kept away from you, just in person, not in thought, we're always thinking about you. He's in trouble in his own spot right now, but he's just thinking about the Thessalonians. Never stop thinking about you. I was kept from you. Always thought about you. Why? For what is our crown? What is our hope and our glory when Jesus comes? Is it not you? So pastors, let's get this straight in our hearts. I have nothing to give God when he comes but people, period. I happen to pastor in a building now that was built in 1918. It was the largest theater in North America when it was built, 4,000 people. It's magnificent, really. And we restored it to the way it looked like in 1943. That building is going to burn to a crisp one day. My wife's won six Grammys. I once won Book of the Year years ago for a book I wrote. When Jesus comes, do you think my wife's going to look at the Grammys, Lord? Or my certificate, Book of the Year. Like, he wrote the Bible. He's really not interested in my Book of the Year award. What my peers think of me. Any awards, accolades. No, all we have as our crown, our joy, our hope. Here they are, Lord. You helped me to preach to them. They were saved under my ministry, or I encouraged them, or discipled. Look how they've grown. Lord, look at the children that you've helped me have. That's it. That'd be good to remember for all of us. When we look at the people and we preach to them, that's all we can present to the Lord. That's our hope. That's our crown. That's our glory. Ministry has become so professional and mechanical now. There's no juice. There's no soul in so much of it. It's performance-oriented. It's not like a mother nursing a baby. Later, Paul says, Now that Timothy's come back and told me how you're doing, that your faith is strong. Now I really live. He's in the slammer, but he's saying, Now I really live because you're standing firm in the Lord. You know, it's like the woman that one time came to me years ago. I hadn't seen her for years. She had really aged. When she shook my hand, it felt so callous. I thought, my goodness, she's a precious saint. She said, hi, Pastor Simbola. Hi, how are you? Oh, Pastor Simbola, I want you to meet someone. And she calls him forward. He steps forward three steps, and there's her son in his 20s. She says, this is my son, Malcolm. Malcolm is going to be a lawyer. He's been accepted in the law school. He's the first one, Pastor, 
to ever get a high school diploma in my family line. Now he's graduated college, he's gonna to go to law school. I've had to work extra to get him through it. I saw it in a second. I found out later she had like three jobs. Why? From Malcolm. That's what she lived for, from Malcolm. Didn't think about herself. Didn't care about how nice her clothes were, how her makeup looked. No, 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 no. It was all about Malcolm. Do you and I not need that? Do you and I not need that? That baptism of love where the people become as precious to us as they are to God. Otherwise, we're hirelings. We're, we're doing sermons for money. You know, that's my job. It was never Paul's job. Paul loved the people. No wonder he got through to them because love always finds a way to get through. You love people deeply. You will find a way to get through. And they know you love them. And they'll even take correction a lot easier because they know, no, he loves me. She loves me. Should we not pray? God, we want power. We want to know the word. But please, God, give us that baptism of love so that we see the people the way you see them. We feel what you feel about them. It'll make our ministry so much more effective. Come on, let's just pray. Lord, I ask you today, starting with me, baptize us in love so that we're tender among the people and that we show them your love, the love of Jesus coming through us. Take away professionalism and mechanical ministry and make us like the Apostle Paul, tender like a nursing mother among her children. In Jesus' name, amen. Blessings.